Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock, and I'm joined. We are blessed to be joined by none other than Rich Rebar, Lord Reeves from Sharp Football. The Roto Reeves is blessing us on a non-Roto-related show, though. We, we are gonna make, we're going to make some picks against the spread, Rich, which I don't think you and I have ever done on a show together. No, we haven't. But, uh, you know, I always love chopping it up with you. I love that you because you have unique takes and I try to bring unique, unique takes to the table. And uh, I've ventured out last year was the first year I did more betting stuff at Roto World with Ray Summerlin, you know, RIP Ray Summerlin and the yeah, Roto Red, World crew. Rest but, in uh, peace, buddy. But we did a betting article last year and I did well and caught the bug and it's rolled over this year. Now in Ohio, I don't have a place to play still. And this year I found a uh, local guy. So I've been uh, going to a local guy this year instead of you know, playing o- offshore. Does your, uh, does your local guy allow you to do player props? No, that is the one drawback. Though. Yeah, so that two, does two, suck. But I don't have to try to cash those Canadian checks anymore. Uh. Oh, dude, that's, that's, that's so big. Not having to do that is really so – like – the uh, the the and people who have been in the in the game for a while know, but like trying to trying to cash the uh, the the Chinese like flat like flower shop check, it's it's just always a tough scene. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I traded off a little bit, not being able to have as much diversity in the player props and some things like first half lines, which I like to bet too. But uh, for the overall comfort level, uh, I will do the trade off until Ohio finally decides to even propose the. Even they haven't even proposed it in Ohio, so I've got to wait. Where uh, I actually, I think it's it's getting close in Missouri, if not if not almost already there. But uh, we're also we are. This is a true story. Missouri is the last state where you uh, you can't play draft like the like the draft app. You're you're not allowed to do those on your phone. Really? So where do you best ball at? I, I best ball on draft. I have a workaround, of course. Oh yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> that app the, is. Uh... That app is too clean, man. I just can't. I oh, can't imagine. it's so good. Yeah, I can't imagine not being like. I can't imagine not being able to do best ball drafts. Like, imagine having to go back to MFL tens after after the draft best ball experience. I just I can't imagine. No, no, no shade to MFL tens. Just that the draft product is so clean. It's and so, so good. Easy. 
no right. emails <laughs> yeah oh the emails dude people people don't even like people listening to this they don't even remember grinding draft best ball tens in like 2013 <laughs> they they really have no idea what it's like <laughs> yeah uh, the first thing you had to do go ahead and turn off those uh notifications immediately yeah so the format for this show is we uh we basically kind of follow the uh, like the super contest we make our five picks against the spread from least confident too most confident you are the guest on the show so i'm gonna let you start your fifth pick uh against the spread who do you have for me this is my least confident of the group this is your least confident yeah all right so uh my least confident of the group is uh the saints uh the saints okay just that, that was that was also my number five Okay, cool. So we got a little overlap. Um, do we have a specific uh, book that I use? I mean, I just use the Vegas Insider lines. like the, So the I just composite. use whichever one is on sportsgrid.com, which I think pulls from the New Jersey books. And right now I'm seeing it at one or one and a half. Cool. Yeah. So um, the reason for this is kind of like an ongoing trend. And it's something I had bet the last three weeks against the Falcons is uh, the Jaguars. And it continued again last week. They have this uh, ongoing trend where they're just terrible against NFC opponents. Uh, since 2013, they're four and 21 heads up and against the spread against NFC opponents that held true last week. They lost to the Panthers. Uh, I also just think the Saints defense is doing what the Saints defense does. They kind of suck for a couple weeks, then figure it out as they go, and they've kind of done that. They're, they're number one in pressure rate. Gardner Minshew's been a great story, but he also has seven fumbles on the year. Yeah, it's so, very. Uh, <laughs> it's like the guy like literally cannot hold on to the ball. It's so weird. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I, I like the Saints. I like the Saints to win straight up. I mean, obviously, if you're betting this game, you wouldn't take the points. You would just money line it. But in the super contest of picks, I mean, uh, you know, we, we're going to get that point, point and a half. But uh, I think the Saints win outright uh, in Jacksonville. Yeah, I, I, I think basically the exact same thing. I think Teddy showed a little bit more willingness to throw the ball deep down the field, and that was like one thing that was really missing from the Saints offense. I kind of tend to look at these things more from the sense of who do I think is just going to call a more optimal game plan, and uh, you know, I, I will take Sean Payton over John Filippo. So I, I thought the exact same with this game. I, it just seems like New Orleans is a better team, and this should probably be closer to a pick. So I, I, I like the New Orleans side. Beautiful, beautiful. I like it. Like it. We're starting off. We're starting off on the same page. Starting off. Starting off. Simpatico. All right. <laughs> Fourth most confident pick. I will lead with this one. And man, is it gross and bad. But I think, I think you have to take the Miami Dolphins at home to the absolute like just just a bad football team the Washington professional football team so what this line is saying with them being favored by three in Miami or three and a half is that Washington is a touchdown better than Miami Mm -hmm. and and I just I don't buy it yeah I mean I think that this game basically has like two outcomes like one like both teams are like fun bad and it's the objective spot like they that all these guys yeah. can get over and and we go over that 41 game point total yeah yeah like or, 35 28 there's a pick six keenum had yep. like yeah they totally or it's just like both these teams are really bad and it's 10 like to 7 six, yeah like 16 to 13 or something like that which i think is probably the more probable outcome uh, uh, agree but, yeah <laughs> But yeah, I mean, Miami has, you know, had that early, has like an early season home field advantage. And, you know, we're getting later into the year in October, but, uh, you know, you know, down in Miami off a bye week, I mean, like you said, and you're getting a, you're getting a hook at most places on it. 
Right, yeah. And, and this is also a game where this is, like, not a casual betters game at all. No. Like, they're, they're, they're not taking Miami. No one wants to lay the – like, no one wants to lay the points with Washington, and no one wants to be in a position where they are wagering on the Miami side of the ball. But, I, I mean, you know, basically all that has to happen is Josh Rosen just has to not be, like, abjectly horrible. That, that really – that would probably take care of the spread. Yeah, absolutely. Where are you at? Do you think Josh? Where do you, where are you at on him? What do you what do you think of him? It's hard, man. I mean, he just has. I mean, he's one of these guys that's one of these quarterbacks that just doesn't play well out of structure. And so to have two situations like he's fallen into to his first two years, you know, um, it's really hard to really judge. You know what he's done? Because I mean, you put him in an offense that where he could play in structure, we might see different results. I mean, we see that with a lot of guys. You know, it's been like Jared Goff and Derek Carr. I mean, I think that those guys are very similar quarterbacks. I mean, if you were to swap Jared Goff and Derek Carr, I think you would have similar results in the offense that, you know, the the Rams have had. Uh, And we saw that in the Super Bowl and what's gone on with Jared Goff this year. He's a very similar quarterback. Out of structure is where he struggles. And I think Rosen's in that corollary. Uh, you know, and just so that behind that Miami offensive line, uh, just it's, it's doing him no favors, no skill weapons. And then obviously last year we know was just outright, you know, put in a spot that had, he had no chance to win. But uh, I'm curious to see if, you know, if the, if we see what happened with Rosen happen with Haskins this year, I'm serious, you know, where they just do the sunk cost and you know, kind of move on uh, with a new head coach and everything next year. Cause they're going to have a, you know, a top five pick Washington will. So I'm curious right. if we see uh, a lot of similar situation with uh, Washington going that route and kind of pulling the plug on Haskins. Eventually, they're going to play him this year, and he's going to—they're going to get a good look at him. But uh, right. I'm real curious to see how that plays out going into the next draft. Yeah, I, that I—I I think that uh, yeah, I think both of these teams will have different starting quarterbacks next year, most likely. All right, what is your fourth most confident mm-hmm. pick? All right, so I think uh, the fourth most confident is uh, Denver. Denver giving uh, just the minus two to Tennessee. Yeah, uh, we, I like this one too. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those you're not giving a full field goal. You're getting Denver at home where it's been, you know, a, you know, an advantage for them to play at home uh, early in the season. It's uh, Granted, like I said, it's, it's still not like super – early in the season it's not like week one through three where you know obviously you know have people have highlighted that mile high advantage but the titans don't score a lot of points uh so i mean it's going to be a game where that there's just not it's going to be like the 30s probably like combined uh and you know denver is another team that i think it's right around 89 percent of their games have gone under since the start of last year it's the highest in the league which is pretty outrageous but uh they are good against quarterbacks. You know, basically, basically Mark Sparrow has had, like, two really strong games, and it's coming games where they can just really just set up play action and, you know, he could really pick apart, like, a soft matchup. And he doesn't have that this week against Denver, who has kind of gotten their, their stuff together in the last few weeks as well. So, I mean, not giving a full field goal um, at home. Uh, I like Denver in that one. Yeah, I, I like the Denver side as well. I, I like being short Marcus Mariota right now, who has not turned over the ball yet, but has taken yeah. a league-leading 22 sacks. And I, I, I agree. I like the Denver at home angle. I think uh, you know Denver most likely is just going to be really playing keep away with Tennessee in this game, and, and they're just gonna there's going to be I, it would not be it would not super surprise me if Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay both saw 20 plus touches in this game. And, and they just, you know, they had 40 minutes time of possession or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they can run the ball, man. That's You know what's crazy? One of the weirdest uh, early season developments is how adequate Joe Flacco has been. Like, it's he's he hasn't, like, been great for himself, but he's actually kept us interested he, in he's all He's kept the him pieces. on schedule. Yeah. 
and and we're interested in all the pieces still. Whereas we thought earlier, we were like, well, yeah, we have to fade Cortland Sutton. He's not going to make a jump because of Flacco. We're going to fade Philip Lindsay. We're going to fade the run game. He's been perfectly adequate to keep all this moving. Yeah, he's been he's been Derek Carr level basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, third third most confident pick. I will uh, I will lead here. The Los Angeles Rams a minus three against your San Francisco 49ers. Basically, I think this is a this is a good confluence of team that has run super bad with the Los Angeles Rams and San Francisco 49ers team that has run really well. And uh, my a big opinion about this is that. I actually think Jimmy G is in the bucket of guys who are okay inside of structure, but when he's forced to be creative or forced to create offense in and of himself, I, I'm not sure he can do it. So this is my number one. Uh, is, the Ram side? Yes, the Ram side yeah, is my okay. number one uh, for for a number of reasons. So uh, first is like it, the actual spot is like uh, we're getting San Francisco coming off of a primetime shellacking of the Browns. Which is, right. which is why that line got reduced anyways, and the Rams have lost back-to-back games. But also the spot we're getting McVay on rest. So he's been amazing when his teams have had any type of, uh, you know, any type of extra rest. And then we're getting a spot where we're getting a Thursday night team that played uh, on Thursday against a team that played Monday night traveling on the road. Uh, teams coming off longer rest on Thursday are 11-4-1 against the spread the previous five years at home in those scenarios. Um, it's just a really good, objectively good spot. And then when you tack on the 49ers are being overvalued probably at this point. And then if you want to get into the under the hood on like game facts, I mean, you know, no Joe Staley, no Mike McGlinchey against a team that's second in the NFL in pressure rate. Uh, they use, they lose use check Booger McFarland's favorite player in the NFL. Uh, it's just definitely a spot where I think the Rams bounce back. And it was originally, it originally was going to be minus five and it, it ended up opening at, at three. So I mean, uh, I like I like that game a lot. It's the it's the my number one, my, my most confidence on the Rams side. I can't wait to uh, lay down on it. Yeah, I, I I I agree with all of those points. And and I just, yeah, San Francisco's very overvalued, and the Los Angeles Rams are undervalued. You know, I still think so many parts of the team that made it to the Super Bowl are still there. And you know, the, and Jared Goff is he's just he's not that bad, right? And, and like. And and how different is this line? You know, how different do you think the the public perception is of the Rams if Greg Zerline just makes that kick? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it is. Yeah. This is definitely a public perception line to me. Yeah, real early this season, I mean, teams off Thursday have run really hot. They're seven and one uh, straight up against the spread, and then teams off of Monday night this year have run really cold. They're just two and eight straight up, three and seven against the spread. So you're getting both of those added on top of. Just objectively, like we talked about, I think that the Rams are are one, you know, just as good as the 49ers, and they're not, you know, the 49ers are just a little overvalued right now. Yeah. Okay. So my third okay, wait, no, I, I led with that. So now your third most confident pick since I stole your thunder. Yeah, so my third is uh the horizontal raid getting points at home against This is the my Atlanta this Falcons. is my number one. Okay. Yeah, I mean you're getting you're I mean you're getting points at home. A short home dogs I always love. Uh, the horizontal raid was no longer the horizontal raid last week. I've got to uh, give the Cardinals and Kyler some credit. Uh, Kyler had a 10.2 average depth of target last week after 5.0 yards and 5.0 yards the previous two weeks, which is why I swerved into that horizontal raid. Now eventually they got to start scoring some touchdowns. Uh, you and I have tweeted about you. You'd really you'd really hope so. You'd really think eventually some points are going to start coming. 
Yeah, they've kicked seven field goals from inside the five-yard line this year. Uh, the next highest team has kicked two. Uh, I mean, Zane, so... Gonzalez, Zane Gonzalez leads the NFL in field goals attempted and field goals made. But, I mean, Atlanta is just a travesty right now. I mean, Dan Quinn's the next dude. He's the next Jay Gruden. Like, he's a dead man walking. Uh, he, he doesn't want to relinquish any defensive play calling, but they're not even calling defense. Are they even calling defensive plays? Do we know? Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think there's a, also the Cardinals. Like, we bagged on them a little bit because we we've expected Cliff to do some things that were probably more plus EV. Uh, but they've been in a lot of these games that they've lost and have hung around a little bit. Uh, so I mean, they've been uh, they've been in these games. It has nothing to do with Cliff, and it has nope. everything to do with the fact that he is he has been blessed with this. Just I mean, I know the numbers for Kyler are not great right now, but part of that is impacted by the the looks like his adjusted yards per attempt is not great. But they just throw every play, and when you throw every play the incompletions do kind of add up in terms of yards per attempt. But Kyler looks to me like a, a generational quarterback. Like he, he, to me, is checking all of the boxes. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the same page. I mean, it's really just been some of the schemes, you know, those two weeks and then them kind of losing Christian Kirk. The personnel, the problem, them not having a boundary receiver is a big deal. Uh, and, you know, we, I think a lot of us had hoped coming into the draft, Andy Isabella was going to be that guy that hasn't panned out. Them just not having any vertical speed on the perimeter has kind yeah, of – Yeah, I mean, know, it was so bad that they had to bring in – like, it's so bad that not having Demir Bird has made a noticeable impact on their offense. <laughs> that's, like, that, that's how bad the outside personnel is. Yeah, so they need some speed on the outside, but uh, that's the only real thing I think that's really – and obviously the offensive line is is a major issue, and we've seen that. Kyler's actually started to take some sacks he probably shouldn't take, kind of in that Baker Mayfield syndrome. Uh, But, uh, yeah, he checks all the boxes for me too. I think that he's definitely shown – and for fantasy, him running now these past three weeks has opened up so much more. Yeah, I mean, he now has, uh, I think he has over, he has, well, I know he has over 200 rushing yards, and that's how that's how they won that game against the Bengals. He set up the game, of course, it was a game-winning field goal and not a game-winning <laughs> touchdown, but he, he set that up by running. He, he did not set it up. Like, I think they, I think on that game-winning drive, they only, with a minute 30 left, I think they only threw the ball one time, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, he, uh, he has more rushing yards the last three weeks than Lamar Jackson, uh, which is, you know, real positive. That opens up, you know, obviously raises his floor and then opens up the offense so much more because, like we said, they're limited on their playmaking ability at the wide receiver position. So if they're going to use his legs more, which they didn't the first two weeks of the season, it looked like they were making a concentrated effort of not letting him use his legs to start the year and now that they have it's opened some things up uh and you know granted it was the Bengals but uh this Atlanta defense is going to really pose no problems I think for them yeah I I I I, this this line just doesn't make any sense what what has Atlanta done to indicate that they should be favored over Arizona it's just not a very good line to me yeah yeah just like so one week one week I did buy into Atlanta on the road against Indianapolis and I was like oh never again this team this team is just not good (laughs) <laughs> no they're they're bad man yeah all right uh moving on to second most confident pick what uh what do you have for me uh my second is the vikings uh over the eagles uh okay here we go we have it we have a disagreement oh nice yeah i mean i listen man i don't bet against mike zimmer as home favorites uh they already 2-0 as home favorites this season since mike zimmer's been was hired for the vikings 
they have a league best record against the spread at home, uh, 22, 10 and one uh, versus spread in these spots. Also, I mean, uh, Carson Wentz has like really sagged off here this final, this past month with no Sean Jackson. He's under seven yards per pass attempt uh, the past four weeks without DJX, whether or not you, we could say DJX is a direct line to that drop off or not. Uh, remains to be seen. You know, so definitely he's had some players leave plays on the field for him. Uh, but the Vikings defense has come out just as hot as it, you know, ever has been. Uh, so, I mean, I really think the Eagles are going to struggle to do uh, a lot of things offensively and score points. Whereas I think that the Vikings can definitely score points. If, if they come into the game with a similar game plan they had last week against the Giants, they're going to score points against the complete pass funnel defense of the Eagles. And they have the, you know, personnel to, actually put up points, you know, uh, with these wide receivers if they actually decide to throw them the football. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I just personally just – I just – I love Zimmer, betting Zimmer as a home favorite, man. I've just – it's been something I've gone to the well a ton, and it's only a field goal, so I'm going to take it. Yeah, uh, so I don't even disagree with anything you said, but probably my number one thing that I do in betting is I just like to bet against teams that call plays in a non-optimal way <laughs> and bet on teams that call plays in an optimal way. And the, the Eagles are so much closer to calling these games in an optimal way. And the Vikings are so far away from following Have the map in terms year, of play calling. Yeah, I mean, Carson Wentz is bad. That, that's, so that's a big thing Well, I mean, thing their here. play calling, like Doug Peterson's gone to the dark side. They're like third in the NFL in second and long run rate. It's like, Doug, what are you are doing? They, are, they, like, are they ETRing more than I thought? You were the chosen one, Doug. You were the chosen one. Oh, he, I mean, he is, he's kind of a fraud, right? He, 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 is, he has revealed himself to be, to be sort of a fraud. And, uh, you know, Carson Wentz is also, you know, not that great or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I, I just think, I think that these are two really good teams. And with two really good teams, if it's, if it's more than two and a half points, I think I just take the team, I just take the points, right? So I just take the three points. That's cool. We can't, we can't meet eye eye on all of them. Yeah, yeah. So I, I and I don't even like I'm not uh I got I hate siding with Carson Wentz cuz I really do think he's so bad. But uh yeah, I, I I do like the I have this unlike the the fantasy pros pick. I have the I have the Philadelphia side of this game chosen. Nice. So so okay, so my second most confident pick is the Baltimore Ravens minus 11 and a half against Cincinnati. Basically, I think once Baltimore gets up in this game, it's just going to be – and if it's 7-0 Cincinnati somehow, I could see this going really, really poorly. But once Baltimore picks up a head of steam against a team like Cincinnati, it's, it's going to be game over. Yeah, and we've seen the Ravens kind of have to play a neutral script the past three weeks, and it hasn't gone particularly well. And then negative script in two of those games, the Chiefs and Browns games. But that's not going to be the case. So they're going to be able to do exactly what they want to do here. The Ravens rank first in the league in yard, rushing yardage differential in their opponents, uh, while the Bengals are 31st. I mean, the Bengals are just getting smoked on the ground. And we saw a team that couldn't run the ball at all last week, even if you remove Kyler Murray's rushing yardage, and you just look at what Chase Edmonds and David Johnson did, compared to what they did the first, you know, four weeks of the season. I mean, this Bengals defense is just one to pick on in the run game, and the Ravens want to run the football, and they are going to especially want to run it because Marquise Brown and Mandrews are just neat. They're just starting to just pick up injuries every week now. And yeah, injuries. it's just like, oh, a- ankle injury. Oh, hamstring injury. Oh, he, he banged his knee. Like, it, it really is every week. 
Yep, these two guys. So, I mean, I think that it allows them to just really lean on Mark Ingram and Lamar, and they just really just – I just think they just destroy the Bengals. Uh, so, I'm with you on that side. It's it's a lot of points, but they're at home. It, that's uh, the thing is it, it is a lot of points, but I'm I'm a big-time Lamar believer, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that so they that's... smoke this week, though, that they smash just because – it's just a simple matchup issue. Like, what the what the Ravens do their do best versus what the Bengals do the, do the worst. Right. Yeah. So I, I am, I am very on board with, uh, with those selections. So there we go. We don't, we all, we already ruined the suspense of our, of our most confident <laughs> picks because we, uh, we both had yep. them in there, but yeah, I think, I think like, Oh man, both of those are so good. Like uh, Arizona, Arizona at home and Los Angeles at home. I think, I think both of those are, are just really fantastic moves. Yeah, I was talking to a buddy of mine about the Rams last night. It's like just how we've got to we got to get on this Rams train this week. Right. All right, man. Well, there we go. That's uh, they're Beautiful. quick and easy. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the time. Tell people about all the stuff you guys have going on over at Sharp Football. Yeah, I mean, if you uh, if you want to check it out, I'm doing uh, a lot of the fantasy side, the worksheet, you know, some DFS stuff. Uh, we're doing player props, uh, betting, obviously, with Warren Sharp, you know, and his resume. Uh, so definitely go out and check that out. Um, over at Sharp Football Analysis, and we're, we've, you know, reduced weekly packages and everything because, you know, as the season's moved on. So definitely just go over there, check everything out. If you're into betting, fantasy, uh, props, any, any of those things, we got you covered. There we go. All right, everyone, we will uh, be back next week, and good luck. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 